Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good morning. Welcome to Your Money with me, Michelle Martin. Asia-Pacific markets are trading lower this morning as investors look ahead to the release of new figures that will provide insight on how China's economy is doing. Joining me now as we break down all the market action. How was the weekend, Ryan Huang? It was uh, pretty good. A restful weekend. Doing nothing. Oh, <laughs> How about you, time. Michelle? What did you get up to? I, w- I went to the Van Gogh Immersive Experience. Nice. And I have to say, I highly recommend it. I've seen it on social media. It gets a bit trippy. Is that a word to describe it? It is. If you've always wanted to step into a painting when you're at an exhibition, this is it. So I'm sure you had a very mind-blowing experience. Exactly. I mean, really, you get to float into a painting, float float all around it thanks to these VR goggles. I just, you know, it brings out the kid and everybody. Right, so you spend an extra five bucks for the goggles. Yeah, always on the money, right? Bring your own food as well. (laughs) Please bring your own food (laughs) so you don't get sticker shock. All right, investors are turning their attention to corporate earnings. Hundreds of companies are set to report their first half numbers in the weeks ahead. And some analysts say that the recent $10 trillion rally in global Global equities now faces a make-or-break moment. S&P 500 firms are expected to post a 9% drop in profits. Now, analysts are projecting an even bigger slump over in Europe, but with the bar set so low, traders are split on how the markets will react. Among the companies that will report earnings this week are Netflix, Tesla, Goldman Sachs and IBM. Several big banks, namely JP Morgan, Wells Fargo and Citigroup, opened their books over the weekend. I'm going to start with those, all right? I'll give you just one clue as to how they are performing. One of those banks is not like the others. Yes, two of those banks are reporting big jumps in profits and one is not. So, just who is the laggard? JP Morgan Chase, Wells Fargo, or Citigroup? Fill us in, Ryan. Yeah, so it starts with the letter C. C is for Citigroup and it's down 36% in the second quarter. And a couple of things are presenting themselves as headwinds. So if you look at the headlines, profits for City are down because of a slowdown overall in the trading environment. So for investment gains, those fees are down. And this uh, is looking at investment banking fees plunging 24% to $612 million. So all in, revenue was down 13%. To $4.6 billion. Again, subject activity in fixed income and equities. And also, layoffs are biting into the numbers as well. So it has to kind of foot the bill when it comes to restructuring costs. So that's part of the equation. It also says it significantly curbed lending to buyout firms. So that's worth noting as we see more caution in the markets. People are just not going about to do more M&A or snap-up companies. So cities' business on that side of things is just cut back quite significantly. So you've got that playing out for city. What else is positive was not enough to offset the headwinds on that front. Uh, so city is down. 
Despite reporting a 36% drop in net income, Citigroup's results are still better than expected. City shares, meanwhile, down more than 7% over the past three months. All right, let's turn to JP Morgan Chase now. Its profits surged 67% during the last quarter, thanks in part to its acquisition of First Republic Bank. Remember that? First Republic was teetering on the brink of collapse and JP Morgan stepped in to save it. Well, it turns out that 10 billion US dollar deal is already paying off for JP Morgan. How so? Yeah, so this is seeing JP Morgan rake it in big time. So part of it is because it can bring on some of the assets on this balance sheet. And this involves the 84 First Republic branches it acquired. That brings in $92 billion in deposits. Mm. $203 billion in loans and other securities. So all in is a big bunch of money plus the rich clientele that comes alongside of it that goes into upselling or cross-selling into the other parts of business like private banking, wealth management. So it is presenting itself as a very strong client retention strategy here and also to grow its um, wider customer base. So all in, you are looking at a pretty strong set of results for JP Morgan. Profits, second quarter profits up 67%. It made more loans to customers. And right now, interest rates are pretty elevated. So it has managed to benefit from that. Um, Looking at what it's forecasting, it is looking at a bit of um, caution, but all in, it is... um, Quite a good set of results. Yeah, shares of JP Morgan Chase are up nearly 12% since the beginning of the year, more than 30% over the past 12 months. Now, at the top of the show, I mentioned three banks. Wells Fargo's, Wells Fargo is the third one. Its profits jumped 57% in the second quarter. That strong performance was due to higher interest rate margins. So if we take a step back, Ryan, what is your biggest takeaway, shall we say, so far uh, when you look at these initial bank earnings? Yeah, I would say surprise is my word I would describe it because if you cast your mind back to the quarter this was a quarter where we had quite a few shocks in the banking sector and we're talking about the fallout of SVB Signature Bank and so on Mm. despite the fallout in the US regional banking scene it did not rattle the bank results too much. I guess you could also argue to some extent because of the fallout, the larger banks benefited as people flocked to the safety of some of these banks and they um, were managing to come out stronger. And if you look at the rates, that is benefiting them to some extent. But again, it's what's coming forwards, what's coming up in the horizon that I think investors should be focused on. And that is where I would flag a bit of caution because mm. the likes of... JP Morgan, they are flagging significant uncertainty with regard to the broader economy. And we're talking about things like how the Fed could keep rates elevated and that could then create a slowdown in the economy to the extent that we might see people cutting back on borrowing, which is going to hurt the banks. And I guess a wider headwind for business activity overall. We already are seeing deal-making not too rosy if things don't get revived anytime soon when it comes to the market mood that is continuing 
to be a potential um, headwind for banks. And we're going to take a look further ahead in just a while. Let's take a glance at broader markets right now. U.S. stocks were mixed on Friday, but the Dow, the S&P 500 and Nasdaq all chalked up gains of about 2 to 3% for the week. So if we looked ahead, Ryan, what is on your radar for this week? Yeah, it's got to be earnings. And we've already seen the banks rolling out their numbers. Mm-hmm. So let's take a look at what we can expect in the coming days. More bank earnings from Microsoft Bank of America tomorrow. In fact, tomorrow's going to be a very busy day. You also have IBM. So that's going to give an indication into B2B demand for IT. Mm-hmm. You also have Netflix, which is a huge one to watch out for because it's got a story behind the results, including the restructured business model. It's advertising back subscription, how much that is adding to its numbers, and that recent crackdown on password sharing. I'm not sure if that's affected you. Not at all. Uh, Right now, they are trying to clamp down on people sharing their passwords, and they are trying to Keep it contained into one household. So if you've got your brother-in-law or your sister staying somewhere else, you can't share your password with them. So that idea is to incentivize someone who's not staying in your house to pay up. So that could help with the revenue side of things. Mm. Uh, Also, looking at the strikes in Hollywood. So that's going to be an interesting commentary piece as well to talk about whether they feel they might get impacted in the long run or not. So a lot of stories around the Netflix earnings. That's a good one. So 54 S&P 500 companies are slated to report earnings this week. So earnings definitely in focus. Uh, Next up, Bank of America and Morgan Stanley, which report on Tuesday in the U.S. Here at home, Sabana Reit opens its books on Wednesday, which brings me to my next question. What are analysts expecting for Singapore's real estate investment trust as they report earnings, Ryan? Yeah, it does look like it is a... Pretty cautious picture. So we are looking at analysts expecting what's being described as muted results from the S streets for the first half of this year. And this with the backdrop of higher interest rates, a strong Singapore dollar. Those are the two big drags potentially on their performance. And other things to look out for will be how some of these REITs are coping with refinancing, are they under trouble or pressure at least or urgency mm. to have to refinance to redo their loans? And of course, if they do so, that means higher rates and that will mean higher cost pressures. And also property valuations, this is one to watch out for because valuations have been sliding to some extent and that could affect how much they can borrow, their leverage ratios. So all in, it could see REITs becoming a bit more cautious in their operating environment. So all in, majority of the S REITs, with the exception, um, based on expectations. A few in the industrial, healthcare and office retail sectors could see some pockets of strength, but overall, it doesn't look too peachy for some of the REITs. That's it. That's a good word for it. So we'll keep an eye out on how REITs are coping with those interest rate pressures and refinancing, as well as changes in property valuations. And as you mentioned, most analysts are expecting softer earnings for S-REITs as they announce their first half results. Time for corporate news and we do it up or down style. First up, let's look at China's electric vehicle giant BYD. Up or down in your book? Yeah, so these are the guys with Warren Buffett in their corner and they are up because their first half net profit has more than triple, at least based on expectations. So that 
is something they will be reporting, um, in, I guess, in the near future. And I think this is going to be a reflection of how BYD has captured so much market share and become a market leader despite the intensifying competition in that space. Yeah, BYD is reportedly planning on investing $1 billion US dollars in India as part of a project to build electric cars and batteries. BYD's push into India is part of an expansion plan meant to challenge Tesla as it will give BYD a presence in every major car market except the US. So if the India JV goes through, that should be an up for BYD, at least in my book. In the meantime, BYD has issued a bullying, bullish earnings forecasts, saying uh, profits for the first half of the year should be more than triple that of a year earlier. Next up, we have two telcos, Nokia and Ericsson. Okay, I am looking at Nokia as a down, and this because of the headwinds it's seeing in the economy. And bear in mind, this is Nokia, which is the B2B side of things, the telecoms infrastructure, the network stuff, not so much the mobile phones, but it is a similar picture to what I've seen in consumer demand. Weaker demand, and this is because businesses are being more cautious, cutting back, and this in the view of high inflation, rising interest rates, all just creating a bit of caution in the operating environment, and that's why Nokia is cutting its projected net sales and operating margin for the year, and this comes ahead of its second quarter results release. The telecom industry is looking a little shaky. Nokia has cut its sales outlook after coming up short in the second quarter. Ericsson also warning that it will take longer than expected for its sales to pick up. Shares of both companies are down more than 20% over the past year. All right, let's go to aviation now. How's United Airlines looking? All right, with airlines, you'd expect things to be quite peachy uh, as people travel and go about on their holidays. Uh, for United, it does look like an up for me. And this is around news that it has struck a $10 billion deal with pilots to pay them more, up mm. to 40% more. So I suppose it's a bit of a up and down, but I'll go with up because they have managed to reach a conclusion on this episode and that means they can focus on running the business. So United Airlines reaching that deal with its pilots union over the weekend, which will see salaries rising as much as 40% over the next four years. That's a pretty big jump, but I'm going to say that I think happy pilots are likely good for business. So while I wouldn't be surprised to see investors sell off shares of UA uh, this evening, I think that the deal is going to be good for United in the long run. So I will give United Airlines and up this morning. Let's look at Netflix. You prefaced this a uh, while ago, but let's dive into it. All right. Netflix is probably going to be an up for me. And mm. this is in the view of some of the tailwinds. You talk about how it is possibly going to benefit from advertising back subscriptions, also possibly benefiting on the crackdown password sharing. So all in, I would say, is an up for Netflix. Yeah, I join you there with that up. Writers and actors are on strike in Hollywood, but that's not going to stop Netflix from rolling out new shows that we all love. It's just looking outside the US for new content and 
Korea is high on its list. The New York Times published a story over the weekend entitled How Netflix Plans Total Global Domination One Korean Drama at a Time. Who doesn't love a good Korean drama, right? I'll give Netflix an up. Our last entry this morning is Shopify. All right, I'm going up because it's in the news for putting a price tag on meetings. (laughs) Uh, It is a very interesting idea if you think about it. Hey, time is money. So why would you want to waste your time with meaningless meetings? And this is where you think about how perhaps you might have personally been involved in meetings that go nowhere, waste your time, have no agenda, and you just walk away thinking that could have been an email. I think this is where it's trying to become more efficient and making its employees more aware. So it's come up with a calculator mm-hmm. where when you call for a meeting, it will tell you how much it will cost to run that meeting to give you, I guess, more awareness of the time you're costing the company. That is such a great idea for productivity, don't you think? So this calculator is actually embedded in employees' calendars and it works by estimating the cost of the meeting of three or more people. A typical 30-minute meeting, for example, with three employees is estimated to cost the company as much as $1,600. I'm giving this an up for the end of meaningless meetings. What do you think about this uh, app? Yeah, I'm thinking people don't always remember when you have a meeting there's always the prep for the meeting so that also takes up time so it is a very important I think um, part of the equation you have to figure out for your company how valuable are meetings do you really need to have a meeting no and who should be in a meeting a lot of um, meetings I've been to don't really um, work out the way I wish they would yeah, yeah. I think you've just given a Shopify a new plus-plus idea for their app. What else they need to factor into calculations? Pre-meeting prep. I like that. For our last word today, we return to Hollywood. The actors and the writers may be on strike, but a new film, actually a film rivalry of sorts, is causing quite a buzz online. Have you heard of Barbenheimer, Ryan? No, not quite. <laughs> That's a mashup of two rather different films, shall we say. Both are scheduled for release this Friday. One is about the Manhattan Project that created the atomic bomb. And the other is about a skinny blonde doll. And by doll, I literally mean plastic toy, who ventures off into the real world. So the films are Barbie and Oppenheimer. And a lot of people online are joking about seeing the films back to back in a sort of double header. Uh, What do you think? Are you ready for a double feature of Barbenheimer? (laughs) I wouldn't mind it, but it is quite a big contrast. Why don't they have just a crossover? Barbie Saving the world or something. <laughs> uh, that would be less than a, of a mouthful than <laughs> Boppenheimer. Uh, whatever your nomenclature of choice, there are t-shirts on Etsy and other mashup products online. Even Tom Cruise, whose latest MI film is in theatre, says that he plans to see Barbie and Oppenheimer on opening day. Maybe not in that order. So um, what do you think? Have you seen MI in the first place? Yeah, Mission Impossible. Dead Reckoning Part 1, yeah. not yet. So not it's yet. a long to watch list for me. I'm not sure which one to start with. I think Mission Impossible for me first. I think Oppenheimer for me. All right, so we'll come back next time with some film reviews for you. How does that sound? Sounds pretty good to me. This is Your Money. He's Ryan Huang. I'm Michelle Martin. Stay tuned. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg. 
or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.